listening to Chillin' Grace, the lifestyle podcast for women disrupting the norm by chilling in their truth and gracefully inspiring others to do the same. As a certified coach who works with successful women to disrupt the norm by trusting themselves with what they want for their life, it's always been super important for me to showcase women doing just this. We all deserve to be seen, to be heard, to be understood, and to know we aren't alone when what we want for our life may seem too big, too different, or too weird. Thank you for tuning in and let's get to it. Hello, welcome. This is Holly Crevo, host of Chill and Grace, and I am so excited you have chosen to spend some of your time with me today for today's episode. So it is September 24th, which it's mind-blowing. We're going into the last quarter of the year, and I've always been really big on quarters and months and weeks and years, like measurements of goal setting, measurements of success, measurements of keeping me on track, and this year is no different although this year is totally different. So I'm super, very much looking forward to hitting the rest of the year hard, building up the strength the of both my body and my mind to finish out this year strong and go into next year. Um, I started yesterday a 100-day countdown challenge with one of my great friends, the Jen Rose, you can follow her on Instagram at the Jen Rose. She started a hundred day challenge to get out and move your body every day for at least 30 minutes. So I started that yesterday. So yeah, when she reached out to me about it, I was like, holy cow, a hundred days. And so, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's crazy because it doesn't seem like we have that much time left, but then a hundred days seems like we can do a lot of, a lot of awesome things the next hundred days. So I'm curious what that is for you. What does it look like for you to finish out this year strong with no excuses for what's been, for no excuses for what is, no excuses for what will be? What is it for you? Like I said, mine is really continuing to grow my business, to be healthy, to um, take care of my body. And in turn, that's really going to take care of my mind, right? And help that healthy mindset as we continue on um, during this time of uncertainty. And, you know, I'm not alone. We are going in our household. We're going through a lot of changes right now. We have a lot of unknowns in our life, hoping to get some clarity on that in the next couple weeks or month. But it can get a little overwhelming. It can get a little scary, Um which is why I am so big on creating habits and staying intentional with who it is you want to be, no matter what's going on around you. And next Wednesday on the 30th, I'm actually doing a workshop on this. And it's, I'm really excited. I'm limiting it to a short number, excuse me, small number of people because I want it to be intimate and I want us to really get down, um, down and dirty on working through some of these things that are holding us back or things we want to work on to be intentional and habits we want to create for the rest of this year. So if you're interested, I still have a couple spots open. It's a free workshop and it'll be next Wednesday, the 30th at 7 p.m. Central time. Um, I know, I'm sorry, noon central time, seven o'clock where I'm at now trying to make it good for both my Norway peeps and my U.S. peeps, um, and I will have it recorded. So if you are just tired of sitting in a place of staleness and feeling stuck, this is for you. Um, I am no longer giving 2020 a power over me. I'm no longer giving excuses, and I want the same for you because we have the full ability to make a change to make changes this year, to make progress this year, even though it's been kind of a crazy year. 
And, you know, I, I don't think it's going to get any better. They're 2021 at the beginning. So we've, we've got a marathon ahead of us. So I hope that you can join me if you're struggling with that or reach out on the side and let's, let's get working on that. So let's get into today's podcast. So today I am here with April and I connected with her through her husband, who was one of my um, teachers through my IPEC certification. And she is also a certified coach. So I always love talking to people like that. And she's great. She's a former journalist who, um, you know, works as a coach. And she started this group called Light Beamers. And it's all about helping women tell their story, you know, to help them build their brand, to build their audience, to build community, to build connection. And I just, I had the best time talking with her because we really dug into all the reasons we don't tell the stories we want to tell and what holds us back. And I think it's, her message was so powerful. Now we all have a story to tell and our stories help other people um, and have value in them. Even if you may not see it, or maybe you see it and you're scared, just the value that your story has. And as you know, that's why I started this podcast is to give people a platform to share a story that can connect with other people, that can show them they're not alone, that can help them feel seen. And so this was so important for me to have somebody on here who is doing that, who is encouraging women and who is shining her light for other women to shine theirs as well. So let's get into it. And I hope you enjoy this just as much as I did. Well, good morning, April. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Holly. This is going to be fun. I am so, I always love a woman who's passionate about telling stories because that's what I love. So it's always great to <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's definitely uh, what I'm passionate about. So this will be fun to talk about it. Well, great. And you are calling, where are you calling in from? I am calling in from Texas. I'm in between San Antonio and Austin. So I live in a smaller town called New Braunfels, which probably only listeners from Texas might understand where that is. But anyway, we're right in between San Antonio and Austin. Nice. In the heat of the summer right now. I was about to say, you're, it's not hot there, is it? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I know. It's, um, well, it's funny being in Norway, We don't, it doesn't get really hot. But when it gets hot, it feels hotter because we don't have air conditioning. There's not a lot nice. of wind. And so I feel so terrible. We had like 81 degree weather and everyone's like, <gasps> I'm like, oh my God. Complaining. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to die when I go back to Texas. <laughs> I know. I was like, and you're from Texas. So you really know the heat that we get here. So yes. it's funny when you, you know, like it gets to be 80 degrees and suddenly you're dying. <laughs> I know. Oh. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I think it's been like 110 this oh, week. Most, most tough. days this past week. Yeah. Oh. I'll sending you some, I'll see all my cold vibes I'm about to get. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take it. (laughs) Well, you know, we discussed, I love working with women to really, you know, trust themselves with what they want for their life by tuning out the chatter of the norm. And Mm -hmm. I know so often women don't trust themselves um, and don't really value their story or kind of carry some negativity around it. So I'm so excited for you today to share how you got into creating light beamers and sharing with the audience how powerful telling their story really is. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and especially for women, you know, I have a heart for women as well. And a large part of my audience is women. And um, I think it's such a powerful and important conversation that we we talk to women about their story, because it's something I, you know, you even kind of said it that they they kind of sweep it under the rug a lot and don't really 
give value to their story or they they kind of let that story have power over them oftentimes you know because of mm. past experiences or negative experiences or shame guilt all those things and so this is really important to be talking with your audience about it oh, well thank you well i you know in the intro i kind of said how we had met and what uh-huh. I, a brief little synopsis on light beamers but why don't you give the audience just a little more about who you are where you came from your background sure Um, Well, I'll start with light beamers just to give you a little bit more context of what it is that I do and kind of what my community is all about. Um, I founded light beamers just really after searching for kind of my next thing um, after having been in the world of both journalism, broadcast television, as well as video marketing for, you know, a majority of my career, you know, over 20 years. So Mm. Um, and I'll go back to that in, in just a few minutes because there's a lot of um, a lot of seeds that were planted in that time of my life that truly sprouted into Light Beamers. But what Light Beamers is, is uh, really it started as a community, quite honestly. And, and at the time of this recording, we're coming up on our five year anniversary of me founding that community. And it started as a Facebook group. It literally started as a Facebook group, because I wanted to create space, I wanted to create safe, positive space on the internet, specifically social media, and even more specifically Facebook, uh, for for women to come and share their stories without being judged and criticized. Because, you know, in the climate today, we post something on social media, and it's just like free reign for everyone to come and share their comments in terms of judgment and um, attack a lot of times. And again, why, why? that's why people shrink away from sharing their stories sometimes, because when they share it, you know, you, you, you run the risk of getting attacked or having judgment from other people because of the culture that we live in now. And uh, social media has made that so accessible. So I wanted to kind of shift the paradigm a little bit and say, look, we don't have to be on social media attacking each other. We don't have to be on social media sharing the day's news, which is, you know, the CNNs and the NBC and the Fox News and all of that stuff, just sharing more junk out into the universe Mm -hmm. and filling our our news feeds with a lot of negativity. I just wanted to create a platform where we could share stories of goodness, hope and light and, you know, positive stories, encouraging stories, motivating stories, stories that heal and help and, you know, educate. And that was really what was the impetus of me starting Light Beamers and then the Light Beamers community, because I wanted to create a space where I could invite some women at first, you know, I literally started with like 20 of my girlfriends. And I said, hey, I don't really know exactly what I'm doing Mm. here. But you know, if you will come and join me in this group, I need some people, you know, I can't, (laughs) I can't do it alone. So, you know, here we are five years later, and that group, um, very curated group, it's not one of those Facebook groups where I try to just get everybody on the internet in there. Um, I'm very, uh, you know, I I want you in there, if you want to be in there, and you want to engage with us, and you really want to learn about your story, and you really want to explore it, and meet other people and build community with like-minded people, then that's the folks that I want in. And we've grown that to uh, about 2000 people now that's a very engaged and positive community where a lot of women have come in there and 
explored the depths of their story, begin to excavate the layers of their story, begin to share their story, begin to get visible, begin to go do new things, go some start businesses, some, some start ministries, you know, some just get more confidence, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's been a real joy in my life to do that. And so the background that I have really just led me there because I've spent a career in, in journalism and video marketing, really interviewing people, sitting down with people and getting their story. And, you know, one of my gifts in the world is being able to talk to people and pull their story out of them. It's just, you know, my God-given gift. It's something I really enjoy doing. I'm a naturally curious person. I enjoy stories very much. I enjoy hearing people's stories. Um, I genuinely find people fascinating. And I'm always kind of curious, like, what makes this person unique? What makes this person tick? What makes this person stand out, you know, from everyone else? And I believe everybody has that inside of them. You know, everybody has a story. And so it's just been really my life's work um, and my career to to pull those stories out and then, you know, sometimes make marketing messages out of them and, you know, put them into stories and things of that nature. So it was that curiosity and that mm. that background and that knowing, you know, knowing that I've I've interviewed thousands and thousands of people in my career and I've never walked away from an interview that says like, oh, wow, that was boring or, oh, that person didn't really <laughs> have a story. You know, this is going to be a hard one. No, because everybody really does have a story. And so. You know, I see women specifically shying away from that story. I see them letting that power, that letting that story oftentimes have power over them. Like I said, oftentimes from past experiences or shame, guilt, worry, doubt, all those things that can hold us down. And I just want to show them um, how to really flip that paradigm for themselves and, and really harness the power of their own story so that they can use it to shine a light out into the world. Because once we share our stories, we illuminate the way for other people. It's just natural. It, you can't avoid it. Someone's going to hear that story and connect with it. And they're going to say, oh, my gosh, me too. Or, oh, thank God I'm not alone. Or, oh, wow, I really needed to hear that today. Right? So that's the power of sharing your story is that it can not only give yourself some clarity and give yourself some some real healing power and give yourself some um, confidence and just acceptance of, of where you are on the journey. It can also help someone else. So mm. light beamers is really, that's the name because it's like, I believe when we share our stories, we shine a light. So my vision with light beamers is to really create a, an army of storytellers, getting their messages out into the world so that we can all be light beamers together. Oh, that is wonderful. Congratulations too on five years. That's thank amazing. you. I know it's so fun. It's it's and 2000 people. That's incredible. Yeah, you know, and I can't wait until I can say, you know, that number not for vanity metrics, but just you know, that it's 10,000 women, because that means, you know, I will have a been able to impact 10,000 women, I've got 10,000 women sharing their stories and, and then grow. Right? Let's go to a million. So, um, you know, I, I want to do the work intentionally and I want women coming in there who want to be in there and who want to do the work with me. Um, and so it, it's really fun because the group is is very engaged and, 
you know, I think I've told you um, as we were meeting that I actually have two clients who are, that are from Norway and I would have never been able to meet them, right? I don't, I've never been to Norway. I would have never been able to meet them and get to know them and their stories and help them with the things that they were wanting to accomplish with, you know, visibility and sharing their own story had it not been for the power of, you know, social media and the internet and the way that we're all connected today. So I'm very, very grateful and appreciative of the opportunity that it's brought me and what it's done for the other women. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Like you said, that the social media platforms, good and bad, right? Like there were connected in a way like never before, right. but we're also vulnerable in a way like never exposed maybe is the better word. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I, it's so great to talk about that 2000 number, the power of those 2000, because if those 2000 even touched two people, yes. and those two people, like, it's just this like a ripple effect of, like you said, this light that just shines. So yes. What, what, like, that's so amazing. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. That is, that is exactly the vision. I, I had a, um, an experience. This was probably about two years ago. Now I was at a spiritual retreat for business leaders, business women, and we, it was a three day retreat. And it was one of those where you go and man, you shed layers, you know, you really dive deep and do all these meditations and activations and, you know, visualizations and uncovering, mm -hmm. you know, inner child activities. I mean, oh gosh, it's just a workout, you know, mentally and, <laughs> and emotionally. And um, during that, that weekend, during one of the meditations, and I'll, I'll have, I'll, preface this as saying, I'm not a big meditator. I, I'm someone that is, I'm a very highly creative, right-brained person. And I just have a hard time shutting my brain off. Um, I don't get into meditation easily. It's not something that, come, you know, and I thought that's probably true of anybody when they first start meditating, it's not something that comes easily, but I've just never been able to really master it. Um, and so I'm doing this meditation and I've heard, you know, people say before the golden light and I'm visualizing the golden light above my head. But something happened in that moment where I was I was thinking about light beamers and I was I was at the beginning of starting. Um, I was about to launch a brand new live event called a storytelling symposium. And so that was definitely on my brain and it was definitely on my heart. And I was nervous, you know, I was nervous about creating something new. I was nervous about, you know, putting myself out there for this big live event. You always have those fears of like, what if nobody shows up, you know? Um, and I had this vision during that meditation of the big golden light over my head. And I could hear like a noise click on like a flashlight you know how you click a flashlight and mm -hmm. then the light comes on and then I could hear the noise and then I saw the flashlight bulb. And then immediately after that one came on below it, almost like starting to build a pyramid, two more flashlights clicked on, I could hear it and then see the lights. And then below those two, four clicks oh. and then four lights. And so I actually saw the duplication of one person sharing their story in a visual way with flashlights and, and hearing the noise and the activation of someone clicking their light on. Um, and I realized, you know, that I had to show up for this work. That was the message that I was receiving because the flashlight that turned on at the top was mine. And, and I, I got that message loud and clear because, you know, I don't, 
I think sometimes as women, we don't always want to be the ones that are like leading the charge because like I said, it's scary and it, you put yourself out there and you're vulnerable and you're risking things. And, you know, and that was definitely the place that I was in in that moment at that retreat about to launch this huge event that I didn't know if I could pull it off or not. And then that was the message that I received is that I have to go do it because these other lights aren't going to turn on unless mm. I turn mine on. And so mm. it's just been so powerful to remember that on days where I don't want to go do the work or I'm, you know, I'm tired or I'm frustrated or, you know, something on my website isn't working and I want to throw my computer out the window, <laughs> you know, like those days, <laughs> it's like, you just have to get back to what it is that your purpose is. And so, you know, my purpose is, is to go out there and share this message with other women to get them to share their story, to shine a light. But for your listeners is the same is true for them, right? Like to think about what does it mean when you turn your light on? What is your flashlight, you know? Mm. And know that by you turning your flashlight on, you're going to enable other people that you don't even know, right? You're going to impact them because you showed up for the work that you're called to do. Oh, yes. Was, did you like at that moment when you were done with that meditation, were you just like, I'm doing this right now? Like this is happening. Well, I fell apart into a puddle of tears at first <laughs> and I was right. there with a really, really good friend and I pulled her into the hallway and I was mm. just like, oh my gosh, this is so scary, you know? Um, but at, you know, processing that image that day, the message became clearer and clearer throughout the day. And, you know, by the time I left that retreat, you know, absolutely. I was like, mm. there's no way I can turn back and not do this now. And the event, event went on to be a beautiful event. And we, um, I ran it again last year and going into it the second time around, um, it was just, it was easier, right? It gets to be easier when you, when you do it and then you do it again and then you do it again and again and again. So um, yeah, that, that image has stuck with me. And I, I share that story intentionally because I want other people to think of their own flashlight, right? Like um, it was such a powerful image and experience for me that it was so clear that I was being guided and that I'm not alone doing this work, mm -hmm. you know, and hopefully that can encourage someone else to think about their own flashlight. Oh, yes. And you touched on something that I'd love to kind of expand on because I think that we all live, well, I can't speak for everybody. I, a lot of people that I coach with, or mm -hmm. I even think, we think that we're the only ones who are scared mm -hmm. or we're the only, and we look at somebody like you who started Light Beamers, who's a former, you know, TV reporter, who's interviewed, who's confident. We're like, oh, but I'm different. Oh, yeah. She doesn't get scared, right? Like, Talk a little about what it's like for you when I'm assuming those moments come up when you get scared and nervous and you don't want to do it all the time. What, yeah. Yeah. Like how do you move through that? Well, I will tell you having images like the flashlight, you know, mm -hmm. and that experience help because it really grounds me into remembering the truth. Um, but there are days where the truth doesn't is, is is hard to remember and so I get caught up in the in the fray of life and I get caught up in the hustle in fact honestly yeah. Holly just this week I swear yesterday was one of those days where 
I couldn't catch my breath. I really was having a hard time breathing, like literally breathing. And, it, and it's not because of COVID. I don't have COVID. I literally <laughs> just could not breathe because of just the anxiety getting to me of all the things that I need to go do. And our kids are going back to school. And there's all these things on my to-do list and my email. You know, I haven't gone through my email and there's people hanging out waiting for me to respond to email. And you know, there's things that my assistant is asking for and she can't move on until I reply. It's like all of that, right? Just that that frenetic mm -hmm. energy that can be so chaotic sometimes. And at the end of the day, I realized that I had just has I hadn't been breathing all day. Like I just couldn't catch a good, solid, <laughs> deep breath. And so all of that gets to me just like it does to anyone else. Um, and I you know, at the end of the day yesterday, I just had to ask myself, okay, what is it that is causing me this anxiety? You know, let's name it. Let's examine it. Let's have some awareness around it instead of just keeping up like go, 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 go. Got to stop and examine it. And, you know, a lot of the things, you know, like, oh, I'm leaving somebody hanging because I didn't get back to that email. It's like, okay, well, you can email them tomorrow. Like it's going to be okay. You know, like <laughs> the truth really does set us free when we take some time to sit down and examine it. So, you know, that's a small example, but you know, the confidence of going out and launching a big event and things like that, you know, I get tie, tongue tied and, and belly tied and all of those things and the emotions and the fear and the worry and the doubt, just like anybody else, because we're human. That's what happens. We're living a human experience and none of us are immune from those emotions. The question is, and you know this as a certified coach, the question is how do we learn how to manage those emotions and acknowledge them and have awareness around them and examine them and then be able to shift the energy back into action and back into a place of you know, positivity and um, and knowing really just what is the truth. Oftentimes I'll ask myself, is this really true? If, is what I'm thinking really true? Is the fear that's speaking to me in my head right now, is it speaking truth? And a lot of times the answer is no, you know, because it hasn't even, fear is just something that we're dreaming up that hasn't even happened, you know? So it can't be true because it hasn't, it doesn't exist, you know? We're just imagining <laughs> false evidence appearing real, right? So we're just imagining mm -hmm. things in our head. And so um, that helps me is just the practice of really asking myself that question and stopping and examining and getting back to the truth of things. Mm, yes. And thank you for sharing that. Cause I think it's so important that we share like the, um, the challenges too, right. Cause all we see, especially as these confident women doing things, they're like, Oh, they're not. And you're like, no, it's, it's, you can, over, you have to overcome that, but it's normal to feel that when you're sharing something vulnerable, like your story. And, you know, I think that that is what is the difference maybe with some people that you see women out there appearing very confident and accomplished and doing the things and taking action and all of that. And you might think, oh, they don't struggle. They do struggle. But what the, I, and I can just speak for me, for me, I don't want my struggles to be more powerful than my vision. And so again, being tied back to that flashlight vision, 
Um, and, you know, of course, I had that vision before I had that meditation and had that experience. It was kind of always the vision. You know, I want to build this thing. I want to encourage women. I want to share their stories because I know the power of storytelling. Um, so I've always been hanging on to that. And that vision, you know, it's like when I get trapped in my own fear, I have to ask myself, well, April, I mean, what does this mean? You're going to quit? Are you not going to do it? You know, I just like have a conversation yeah. with myself. And then the answer is always like, well, no, I mean, no, I don't want to quit. I, you know, my vision's important. I want to keep going. So that's when I have to get in that space of examining what is truth and what is fear and then moving through it. I don't think we step around fear. I don't think we go around it. I think we have to step truly through it. I think you have to like yeah. walk right through fear. Um, we don't get to bypass it. I love that. Um, do you listen much to Elizabeth Gilbert? Oh my gosh. Yes. I love her. She was on a podcast. I think it was Dak Shepard. And um, she talked about how she no longer pushes fear aside. She imagines she's in a car and she just puts fear in the back. Yep. And she's like, Hey, thanks fear. I know you're, you're there. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to you, but I know you're there and I appreciate you trying to keep me safe, but you're not going to get in our way. We're going on this trip and you can come with me. But yeah. you don't get an active role in my mind. You don't get an active role. Something that's helped me around fear too is naming it, like giving it a name that maybe it could be, and this would be different for everybody, but this is, you know, what I've done is giving it a name of something that you really detest, right? Like something that makes you extremely almost pissed off. You're like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to play with you because you're the you're the child on the playground mm -hmm. that is the bully or whatever, or you're what, you mm -hmm. know, you're this, you could even give it a name of somebody you truly don't like. I mean, we all have people that we've experienced that we just don't want to play with them in the sandbox, right? Because they're just not fun. They're not positive. They're not, they don't make you feel good. And so giving that fear a name, it could be Dan or Barbara or whoever. Mm -hmm. But for me, um, for me, I'm faith-based person and for me, giving it the name of the devil has really always helped me because I'm like, oh, I'm inviting the devil into conversation here. And when I when I think of it that way, it's like, oh, gosh, April, what are you doing? Like, I don't want to play with the devil. I don't want to get in the sandbox with the devil. Are you kidding me? So that oh is gosh. so easy for me to shift. And this isn't actually I read a book years ago from, I believe it was a pastor's wife. And I wish I could credit the book right this very moment. But she, this was her trick. You know, she was like, of course, she's, you know, lives in that world being in the church and has this pastor mm -hmm. as a husband. And she just had to name it. And it was something that she shared in that book because she struggled with anxiety. She struggled with, you know, being on her closet yeah. floor, not being able to get up in moments. And I've been on my closet floor, not being able to get up. And she said it was in that moment. She just had to name it and to give it a name that she really didn't want to play with that person. And, and so the devil for her worked and that works for me, but you could give it any name. If you, if the devil isn't an appropriate name for you, you give it a person's name or just give it, give it a character, you know, like make up a name, but like really identify that character as a monster, right? Just somebody you don't want to be engaging with. And I, that has helped me shift faster when I notice and recognize I'm getting into that spiral. That is so powerful because it's like, what? I, that's crazy. I would never let the devil come into my heart. I know exactly. Why am I letting it come to my heart? Like that's so ridiculous. Yeah, that is such a. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's. I love that so much.
Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I hope I take it and use it because it really does help. You know, like I said, it's not a cure. You're still going to have the devil that sneaks mm -hmm. in. Right. And our, it's really our ego. Right. It's the ego is like so sneaky. Um, but we just giving it a name. You can recognize it so much faster and you can shift out of it so much quicker. Oh, that's I love that. You know, and I think, you know, a lot of people um on your website, you know, I noticed you talk about, and I think it's maybe your program you can talk about later, but talking about like uncovering, healing and sharing your mm -hmm. story. What have you seen as the hardest um, piece of those three for women to kind of work through? I think women will say it's uncovering their story. You know, I'll, I hear, I don't know what my story is, or my story's yeah. boring, or, you know, like there's nothing to my story, or my story's a hot mess. Like they just don't know how to articulate what the story is. So I think they, you know, would say the hardest part is uncovering the story. But I am here to say that's not true because they know what the story is. What mm -hmm. the hard part is, is the second part, which is healing it, which is the real work they don't want to do. So that's why they're saying, I don't know what my story is, or my story is not important and it's no big deal. When really they're sitting on a landmine that they don't want to address. And so getting to the root of the story is, you know, we can uncover it. And then when we get there, we're going to get to the secret sauce that's holding women back um, and, and healing it, right? And like owning it. This is what I say again, learning how to stop letting your story have power over you and instead harnessing it so that you can use it in a powerful way. Um, I have a formula that I can share that I think might um, articulate this even better. So really storytelling is told in three parts. And you always have a beginning, a middle and an end. And for me, our personal stories are really about our journey in life, right? We've had experiences, we've had things that have influenced us, it might be relationships, it might be, you know, a job or a place that we lived or just a time in our life, um, a feeling that we were having, experiencing doubt, those things. Um, and so when you look at your journey, kind of where you are now, and you look back, you know, identifying kind of where did that story begin? And the story doesn't really begin just on the day that we're born. You know what I'm saying? The story mm -hmm. begins when you start to have um, some awareness around when did these thoughts begin? Like what was the job that influenced you? What was the relationship that might have been negative or powerful or whatever it was? Identifying that historical context from, uh, you know, from where you've been and where to kind of this journey start out. And so just kind of that before the beginning is really your before. Where were you before? And then I like to equate it to climbing a mountain. So when you climb a mountain, you're at the base of the mountain. That's your before. This is usually something you're struggling with or maybe something that's, you know, a difficult situation or just, um, you know, a place that you don't really want to be. You don't, you don't, don't want to stay at the base of the mountain. You want to go up and over the mountain to the other side. And so you start climbing the mountain. You start trying to figure out your way. You, you know, you're working your way uphill. It's hard. It's a climb. You know, you're sweating, you're falling down, you're getting your knees bloody. But when you get to the top of the mountain, suddenly you look out and you see the vista, like you're no longer looking at more mountain. You're looking at the beautiful view 
at the crest of that mountain. And that's when, that's what I call the transformation. As we go through our journeys in life, there are things that we are experiencing um, all the time that are transformative moments. They could be like single kaboom kind of things that happen, or it could be like a series of events or just, you know, a slow change that you start to make in your life where you start to have some awareness that, oh, that's why I had to climb the mountain because I was never going to get the message until I found, got up to the top, <laughs> right? Like I was never mm -hmm. going to understand why I was having to struggle or why that job, why did I have to work in that job that was so crappy? I, don't, I wish I had never done that. No, it's part of your journey. You have to honor it. And so a lot of times this is where the stories that are very difficult for people to share are things like trauma and abuse and, you know, really negative experiences. They don't want to talk about it. Right. They're like, mm -hmm. I don't want to keep talking about the abusive ex-husband that I had or, you know, the trauma that I felt as a child because my dad left. Right. Or all those things. But when you're focusing on that piece of the story, you're staying stuck at the bottom of your mountain. We still have to go up and over the mountain. So if you look at that trauma, that abuse, that negative situation, that crappy job, whatever it was, what happened to help you shift out of it? Right. And so what was that transformation look like? What did that look like? What sort of message did you receive on top of the mountain looking back and go, okay, now I'm getting to understand this a little bit more. And when you go down the other side of the mountain, it's so much easier because it's downhill. And it's almost like you're running downhill because you actually want to go share this message with other people now, because you're like, I've got to like, it's literally like, go tell it on the mountain, right? Like I have something <laughs> to say, I get it now. This makes sense. I don't want other people to struggle. So I'm going to share my story with them so they understand that there is a way out, there is a solution, there is an answer, there is a message, there is something that you can share from your experience that will be helpful and positive and again, shine that light for someone else. And so thinking about your before, thinking about your transformation and thinking about the other side, when you're on the other side of that mountain, what is the message you wanna share with other people? That's how you start to use your story in a powerful way and you harness the power of it because you're no longer staying stuck at the base of the mountain, feeling all those crappy feelings that you felt, right? You're right. using it and saying, I'm not going to be this way. I'm not going to let this define me. I'm going to move on. I'm going to do better. I'm going to find a different job. I'm going to be happier. I'm going to find a different way so that I can get off or get away from the base of this mountain. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, thank okay. you for sharing that. That's such a good visual. And two thinking through when you do climb a big mountain, like physically, you're a different person, right? You like are. You're, you're so different after you've done all that work. Like you're you physically, organically, you're not the same person and how powerful right. that is. Yes, it is. It, it's very, very true. And that's where that clarity and that confidence mm -hmm. comes from. So, you know, uncovering the story, you got to do a little digging and figure out what that before was. Um, you got to go up the mountain and get to the transformation and heal that story. And then when you go run down the other side of the mountain, you're going to have so much clarity and vision and purpose and intention. It's going to feel amazing, but you got to go do the work. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the part, right? They're like, eh, 
Yeah. <laughs> That's the hard part. Well, and I'm curious, like, if you find, you know, because it seems like, do you find that if people are really struggling with the sharing piece of their story, they just haven't done the healing? Yes. Like, you can't um, skip that, right? You it's can't skip it. Skip. And here's what I tell people when they're like, I don't want to be visible. I don't want to, you know, share my story. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get on social media and connect with people, blah, blah, blah. Like, especially business people, I get like a lot of women are entrepreneurs and they're like, I don't want to tell that story. And I'm like, do you want to build a business that will allow you to connect with like dream clients, like people who are just made for you, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. part of storytelling. Like you are going to attract a better tribe when you're more honest about your own journey. And a lot of times people are, you know, when they say that, I don't want to share my story. I don't want to do all that. They're making it about them. You're still making the story about you. So you're still stuck somewhere in that story and you're not getting through to the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, My take on it is that our stories really aren't about us because once you get to that other side and you have a message to share with now, that's pretty clear and it's going to be helpful for other people. This is how our stories can serve other people and we can be light beamers. We really need to keep in mind that our story is about other people. It's about our audience. It's about the people that we want to serve. It's about the people we want to help. It's about them. It's not about us. So if you're still saying, I don't want to share my story, you're making it all about you. Mm. Yeah, I felt that one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have a a quote friend who's going to that. Uh, Yeah, no, that's super. Because if you think about what you can do with the power of your story, you would tell it to everybody. You would tell it to everybody. Even if they don't want to listen, you're like, no, but listen, I like it one day. You'll tell me to tell that too. Yeah. And, you know, that's really how I felt, you know, when I started Light Beamers and, you know, and I, and I had that vision and I got so excited and I had passion around what I was doing and I was super, super clear. It's because I've done the work. I've looked at my own story and all the crappy jobs. I mean, I started out my career in, in broadcast television, working as a news reporter, chasing cop car, cop cars and ambulances and, you know, convicted murderers and telling a lot of really dark, crappy stories. And I didn't want to be a vehicle. I didn't want to be a communicator of stories like that, you know, and I went to journalism school. I thought this is it. This is going to be such a great career for me. I clawed my way into that business to begin with because it's so highly competitive and very hard to get in. And then when you get in, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've made a horrible mistake because (laughs) I can't do this for the next 20 years. I'll die. You know, like this is this is not me. And, you know, learning to walk away from that um, was hard and, and and challenging and scary. And then. And then trying to figure out, well, what am I going to do? Like, I really love storytelling. I love going and talking to people and getting their story. I just want to tell the good stories. I want to tell the, the stories of humanity. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know. And so that's, again, where all those seeds were planted back then. So I can look at that before and not look at that as a big, huge mistake or, you know, totally the wrong decision that I made. No, I had to go and experience that. I had to know what I didn't want to do so that I could more clearly define what it is I did, did want to go do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, that has just been so powerful having that clarity for me. So now when I, when I started light beamers, 
it's really easy for me to get up and do this work for the most part every day. Right. Because, um, it's like, I do, I want to, I want to keep sharing this message because I no longer, I don't make it about me. I want it to be about all these women that I know need to hear it. And Mm -hmm. it just makes it easier, you know? And so sharing my story, if people ask me about my story, I'd share it in a heartbeat, you know, like, Oh, sure. Let's talk about it. You know, I'll tell you where I've come from and I'll tell you what this has been like for me and why I'm doing this work. Cause I'm going to share you with you, my mountain, because really, hopefully I'm going to, you know, share something that's going to inspire you, the listener to like, think more about their own story. So why would I not share some of the things in my own life that have maybe been a little challenging or difficult or things that I've learned from? Why would I keep that a secret? Right. It's like, you've got the hottest tip in town and you're like, mm. I yeah, I exactly. Yeah, because it just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. One, well, you know, talking this is, you know, because I know you do a lot of work with women entrepreneurs. And, you know, what about for somebody who maybe is not a quote entrepreneur, but is uh-huh. really wants, wants to have a bigger voice, but doesn't feel like what they have to say is that important? Like, yeah. what, um, what kind of words of advice or what? what would you give to somebody that's kind of feeling that? Cause I do think there's a lot of women out there who have something they want to share, but they don't, whether it's to their friends or their spouse or their coworkers, but they just don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And I think that that is something to remember that we can, number one, we can all have a voice and how we choose to use it is going to be very different for everybody. You know, I'm kind of out on social media and online and speaking to thousands and thousands of people. And I'm okay with that. Um, Mm -hmm. that's part of my vision. That doesn't mean that you have to find your story and uncover it and heal it and get ready to share it. And then you have to also get on social media and and spread it out to the entire universe. Um, You don't have to want to get on stages to share your story and speak on stage. You don't have to want to write a book and tell everybody all your deep, dark secrets. It's not about that. It's just really about learning to connect with other Mm -hmm. people. And so it might be at a local chamber event, or if you're not really, it's not for business, it might be at like a women's circle or um, just meeting with girlfriends over lunch, uh, sharing more conversations with your husband, sharing your story with your kids. Mm, I mean, mm -hmm. think about it. Think about what a lesson that could be for you to actually sit down with your kids at the age when it's appropriate and say, I want to tell you a little bit more about my story and what I've learned what I want you to take away from it, right? It just helps us build those connections. I mean, storytelling can create clarity and confidence for yourself, but more than anything, it can build community and connection with other people. So whether you're in business, I mean, that's wonderful for business or not, it's wonderful either way because it just helps you feel more connected and grounded to other people and reminds yourself that you're not alone either. And so start to examine your own story from that framework that I shared around your own mountain and think about who might be able to benefit from you sharing that story. And it might be just a friend. It might be your mom, might be your daughter, might be your husband. It might be the women's circle that you belong to. It might be a networking group. It might be a group of business leaders. It might be the whole world on Facebook. I mean, just decide, but then just identify who is this audience? Who would be really good? Who would be a good audience for this story? Because they need to hear it. It could be beneficial and helpful. Right. 
Yeah, no, and I, I, you know, I love that you pointed that your audience could just be one person, and that absolutely. So, I mean, we don't have just one story, right? We're made up of exactly stories. So it's like I think that's great advice is like putting it out there and saying you could have one little story that could change somebody else's life. So don't discount your experience, your Mm -hmm. aha moment. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And, you know, speaking to that where we do, we, we have lots and lots of stories. I mean, I could have told you many different stories about me today, but we're here talking about light beamers. We're here talking about storytelling, my vision for women. And so the story I tell you today in this audience is going to be, you know, connected to that. And so the number one rule when you think about sharing your story is, first of all, ask yourself, who is the audience? Who Mm -hmm. do I want to reach? Who am I trying to connect with? Who do I want to impact? Start there, answer that question, and then peel back the layers and find the stories that are appropriate. Mm. It's a step process for this, right? You don't just jump in and. Yeah, exactly. And have you always like, you know, you started out with broadcast journalism. Were you a storyteller as a kid? Oh, yes. Yes. This has been me. You know, I, (laughs) you know, like I said, I'm, I'm very clear that I'm being divinely guided and this is just what God wants me to do in the world. And I'm okay with that. I've accepted that assignment with, 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 um, with great joy. Uh, but yes, as a child, <laughs> I was always journaling uh, in my room, dreaming up stories. I wrote a lot of poetry as a kid. You know, I never published. I mean, it was not ever at that time in my life. I never thought I was going to grow up and actually do this work. You know, it was just it was a way that I processed my emotions. It was a way that I um, I just made sense of the world. I've always sort of made sense of the world through stories um, it's a way that I have felt that, you know, what I'm feeling is, is normal, you know, as a child, we, gosh, you feel so many things. I mean, we go through so many things as kids and a lot of times it's, it's very confusing and you don't always want to go to your mom and dad. And, you know, and so I, I, oftentimes I worked that out in my journal and I made up stories or I would write stories. And sometimes I was the center of the story, right? Cause I was trying to process, um, what I was feeling, what I was experiencing, what I was worried about, all those things. And so as I got into high school, um, you know, I became aware that like journalism was a thing, you know, that I could actually mm-hmm. pursue telling stories in some manner. And um, I got an assignment in an English class, probably my sophomore year, maybe junior year of high school. Um, where I had to go out into the community and and and, and interview somebody that um, that I didn't know that had had was kind of a big player in the community, and I lived in Dallas, Texas at the time, and I chose. Um, don't ask me why, but I chose one of the kind of notorious mob boss leaders in Dallas, <laughs> and I. This is really funny. You guys, you'll get a visual over this one. So I went to a private school in Dallas where I wore those cute little plaid skirt uniforms and the buttoned up Oxford shirts and the black and white little saddle Oxford shoes. And so I call up this guy. He owned a restaurant, you know, very um, famous and delicious pizza restaurant, good old Italian, right? And, but he was, he was known, he was notorious for running with the mob guys in, in, in Dallas and, 
Um, and I wanted to know more about his business and I was going to ask him all these questions. And, um, so I call him up and tell him, you tell him I'm from such and such school and this is a school assignment. And could I come and interview you? And he said, absolutely. And so I get there to the interview and I go after school and I'm literally in my schoolgirl uniform <laughs> and I walk in and they direct me back into his office and I go back there and there's about six other men, grown men in their 50s, 60s, 70s, right? Um, uh. in, the, in the office with him and there is cash everywhere in that office. I mean, there was so much money in cash and just bills and bills just stacked on top of each other. It was like a, a scene out of a movie. And here this girl comes in her little uniform going, Mr. Campisi, can I, I'm here for my interview with you. And um, he said, oh, you don't really want to interview me. You want to interview this guy over here. And he goes, do you know who this guy is? And I was like, I have no idea. And he's like, that's the owner of the million dollar saloon, which is like probably one of the most well-known in Dallas, Texas, most well-known strip joints at that time. And <laughs> here I am, he's trying to pawn me off on the guy that owns the million dollar saloon. And I'm like, no, sir, I'm here to interview you. Like, you know, I just stood my ground. And, oh. and um, so he goes back and he's like, okay, we'll go sit down in this booth. And he sits down and he looks at me and he's like, You've got 10 minutes, go. And I just had 10 minutes to ask him all the questions I wanted to ask and made my notes and ended up writing a paper on it. And that experience was so exhilarating to me. You know, it was like, he said yes, number one. And number yeah. two, I got thrown into a situation which was extremely uncomfortable, but also extremely fascinating, right? Like I wanted to know more, like I just wanted to know more. And so when he gave me 10 minutes, I asked every question I could think of. And it was such a good learning lesson for me. Um, and it really just sparked my curiosity into overdrive. And, you know, I thought, man, if I could do stuff like this for the rest of my life, I mean, sign me up. So it was very natural that I became a journalist. Oh my God. What a fabulous story. Like it was so fun. <laughs> I can, I actually... can, even just sharing it with you right now. I'm like, I am so back in that room right now. I can tell you what it looks like. I can tell you, <laughs> you know, all the things are just so crazy. You're like, can I come back and talk to the owner of the strip club just for another article? I'd like to talk to you today, but I, I'm like, yeah, can I get two uh... for one, please? Like I'll do you first and then I'll come and do the yeah. other guy. Well, and kudos to your 17 16 year old self oh. I mean like I'm just gonna call and see if he'll do a story with me I don't like, even know amazing. what possessed me because I think it was that's like funny. you know somebody that's a figure in the community that is notorious and I don't really remember what they, but it was like it had to be somebody big it had to be like a big yeah. name you know yeah. somebody at the top of a company or you know a CEO and so that was part of the challenge, you know, to get the interview. And oh, so cool. we ate at that restaurant all the time. And so, you know, my mom, I can't remember. I think it was my brother, actually, who suggested. He's like, you know, you should interview Mr. Campisi because, you know, he's like all into the mob and all of that. And I was like, what? I had no idea. But when he suggested <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, I was like, OK, this will be fun. You know, so anyway, it's just it was it's a great message about just, just go for it, right? Like go great. for it and see what happens. So it was really, it was really fun, but that, that was definitely me as a child and as a young adult, young woman, 
you know, and getting to interview people and getting to, you know, getting a chance to excavate those stories. I mean, obviously I've gotten a lot better at it over the years than I did that first day with Mr. Campisi. Um, but that's been part of the fun for me is really to, to, to see how my own skills have improved and, yeah. and what I've learned about storytelling along the way that it's fun now that I get to teach it. You know, it's like super fun that I get to help other people with it now. So that is so cool. Not, do you still have the article that you wrote? You know, I think I do because it was, I turned around and used it for a college essay um, okay. admittance into journalism school because it was, you know, there was probably no better example of me um, showing my chops at that age than yeah. sharing that story. So I, I probably do have it. I um, like in a, in a notebook that my mom has yeah. at a house somewhere, you know, right. With all your, with all your, with all that stuff, that memorabilia. Aww. Yeah. Uh, well, before we wrap up, um, any kind of parting words, anything that you'd really like to get across to somebody listening who's maybe has something in their heart they know they need to share, but they don't, they just are sitting on it? Well, what I would say is just to ask yourself, what good is it doing with you just sitting on it? Like, is it even serving you? And mm. my guess is you're probably going to say no, right? It's probably not serving you. If anything, it's probably causing more harm than good by just sitting on it because it's festering in you. It's kind of, you know, eating at you a little bit. And we don't want that. We, we want, and, and here's my real vision about like when people share their story and they start to shine that light into a world and we can impact other people, what it does for us personally is it just, it raises our consciousness. It raises our awareness. It allows us to, to heal from past experiences and trauma and, you know, relationships and feelings. And we just start to harness the power in a more positive way. And the more that we can be souls walking this earth, being more awake and conscious and feeling the good feels of life versus all the drama and the negativity of life, the better we're going to be able to navigate this world and impact other people. And hopefully, hopefully one day turn this crazy place around, right? Like it's like, mm -hmm. we need more people out there feeling the feels in a good way and sharing their story because we need as much encouragement and positivity positivity and light as we can get our hands on right now. So don't sit on it, you know, examine it, do the work, share it with someone else, see what happens. It's going to be really eye opening for you to, to understand and see what happens when you do share that story with someone else. Mm, yes. I love, and I love that. Is it even serving you? Right. Right. Point two to be like, oh, is this just weighing me down? And I know I, I will link in the show notes to light beamers. Is there anything else, anything you've got coming up for light beamers you want to share? Um, well, you know, I would just encourage anyone listening to get into our community. I mean, the Facebook group that I mentioned, it's free to join. It's the light beamers community on Facebook. Um, and I do story prompts in there um, on Mondays and Wednesdays. We do a a written story prompt on Mondays and we do a video story prompt on Wednesdays to encourage people to get on video and share their story that way. Because I mean, I come from a video background, so I know that the more that I can help my clients get on video, the more powerful of an impact they're going to make and have 
especially in our digital age of social media and the internet and all of those things because you know things move really really fast and so getting on video is just going to help you stand out in the marketplace and so we practice that um and i you know give some some tips on all of those things in that group and then just beyond that which is a really beautiful community of women um, who are like-minded who are on a journey who are learning to ha harness the power of their story and and i think you would come and be inspired by the other people that you would meet in there and then beyond that you know you can go to my website i have programs i have offerings but you would find out about those two in the community if you ever wanted to take it to the next level i would love to work with you and walk alongside that journey with you but just getting into the community would be a great place to start awesome well thank you so much this has been such a wonderful conversation and so many great aha moments and thank you so much for sharing the origination of light light beamers and your mob story interview. <laughs> so just thank you for sharing your time with us today. Thank you, Holly, for having me. I've enjoyed it so much. Y'all, that was so much fun. That final story of her interviewing the mob boss and trying to get punted to the strip club owner and her saying, no, I want to interview you. And just walking into the room with her private school uniform on with tables full of money and who probably knows what else was out there and just walking in confidently to do her job of getting that story. It was, I just loved that so much. And so I wanted to talk now about the three things that I really kind of took away from this episode and share maybe some ideas that you can work through and put this into real life. So I had asked her to kind of shatter the myth that people like her don't get nervous or fearful or scared, right? Because she's somebody who is a journalist. She owns, she runs a company about telling stories. And I love that she said, no, I still get tongue tied and I get belly tied and, you know, and fear and doubt and all that. But that's just what happens. Like, it's just the human experience is what she said. And I, I loved that she normalized that and kind of took some of the fear away from this, those fear from fear, um, the negativity maybe to just say, it's just life. Like none of us are immune from it. We're going to feel that it's okay. It doesn't make you weird. It doesn't make you not prepared. It doesn't make you all these things that we think it does. It's just a human experience. And I love that. She says, I always go back to what is the truth. And that is so good because we can get caught up in so many things until we say and stop, like what is true because our minds will run rampant. So when we're feeling fear and scared, like what is the truth for all of this? And that's such a powerful question to ask yourself. You know, is it really true what I'm feeling? Is is the situation that I think is going to happen, how true is that? I really encourage you when you're really in this place of almost a panic and worry, stop and say, what is the truth in this situation? Just having that awareness to stop and analyze can really give you an open mind and a clear mind to see what's next. The other piece I loved is talking about giving fear a name. And she uses the devil for her name for fear. Um, she's faith-based. That's really important to her. But I think this is such a powerful exercise because when we think of fear as somebody that we despise, that we would never tolerate, that we don't want to be associated with, that just goes against everything we stand for. We don't entertain it as much. And we humans, for the most part, are very quick to let fear and shame and worry and guilt and anxiety come in and just live and fester and 
just get us worked up. And so to stop and say, no, 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 I would never invite fear into my house. Maybe fear's Dave, maybe fear's Debbie, maybe fear's devil, whatever that looks like. No, I don't, I don't do fear. So if this, try this on, see what works, give it a name. Maybe it's an animal, maybe it's a weird creature, but visualize fear. And when it starts to come up, like I don't play with fear. I don't invite it in my, my, um, sandbox. I don't invite it to my home. That's just not what I do. I think that was such a great lesson. And then the final one was where she talked about kind of, you know, her messaging is uncovering, healing, sharing. And I had asked her where we get caught up in that. And she said that most women say it's with uncovering, but I know it's with healing. And I felt that one. Um, <laughs> there's several, you know, kind of of my stories that I would love to share more, but I don't share them. And I, I think I've always thought maybe it's that I'm not ready, but maybe it's just that there's pieces of them that I'm not healed from yet, right? Like maybe it's not because she talks about once you're healed and once you see the truth and you see the lesson in your story, you want to share it with everybody. And I I thought that was such a powerful thing that really stuck with me and is still with me. And one I'll take with me as I kind of be still continue my to tell my stories to see where I'm getting caught up when I don't want to share. So really do some investigating in your life. Is there something that's really powerful in your life that you want to share with if you own a business, if you just want to share it with friends, family, a coworker, there's just something on your heart to share that you know can serve them but you're not able to, maybe there's some healing that needs to be done. Um so yeah, so such a great episode. And again, April's website is lightbeamers.com. She has a ton of great programs, her online community. So I'd really encourage you to check her out. And if there's anything I can support you with during this time, I talked earlier about my workshop. I'm also doing a book club, which is super exciting. That starts a week from today. So if you're interested, email me and I can get you more info on that. But if I can support you in any way, please let me know. Um, we all deserve to hear, have our stories heard. We all deserve the opportunity to tell them. So I hope this encouraged you to share a part of you with somebody in service and that you can shine your light for others. Thank you so much for tuning in and remember, I'm rooting for you.